Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Owen and Baru's Barbecue. Today, we have something very special. All the way from Exegol it is Wayfinder Pizza, served up by my other two cohorts, uh, cohorts, cohorts. What is that? Cohorts or cohorts? Co-chefs, uh, Nick and Chris. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Thank you. Good to have you back. What's Wayfinder? Good to be back. What, yeah, what's Wayfinder Pizza? I'm kind of curious. It's all out of the way. Uh, you have to, to search it most, for it. Is it mostly just red sauce? That's all. Yeah, it's just like, you know, it, it, it's kind of like one of those pizzas that you've you've been so hungry for for the longest time, mm-hmm. and you you order up this pizza and you have <clears throat> tons of stuff on it, like all the toppings, everything you could possibly think of, and you have that first slice and you have that second slice. And you're like, you know what? It's not as good as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Next time I'm gonna order Chinese. <clears throat> oh, okay. Okay. I, I heard that uh, they don't like uh, that kind of stuff there over there much either. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> okay. All right. So today we are actually talking about the rise of Skywalker. This is our official reactions podcast. If you are part of the patrons' choice, uh, you know, and you get the bonus episodes. Jay and myself, uh, we did a instant reactions. We both had seen the movie on a Friday and we're kind of excited. We wanted to just talk. So we we jumped on real quick and did a podcast. So that's the patrons uh, kind of bonus episode for uh, Owen and Brews Barbecue. If you're not a member of the Jay and Jack patrons, you can hop o- over to patreon.com slash Jay and Jack. Become a patron member. We always thank those patrons at the end of the show that make this show extra possible. Um, but before, without any further ado, none of us have actually even talked to each other uh, since seeing the movie. These guys haven't listened to the bonus episode. They have no idea what I thought of it. Nope. We're going into it fresh, just like that pizza. <laughs> so um, I think a lot of people have already, some have heard my my take on it. They're They're dying to know from chris and nick with what they both thought of it so nick i'll go first okay and then uh and then we'll we'll kind of compare notes so i went and saw um this movie um the day came out was it thursday i think it was like i went and saw it on a thursday and i went like middle of the day i think i went like at 11 o'clock in the morning to go see it and the theater was packed. the The excitement was there. Um, 
the Star Wars, you know, bam, pops up, and I got super, super excited. And and then the, the scroll starts. <laughs> I was like, God damn it! Like the dead speak. I was like, Oh my God! Fortnite is officially part of Star Wars canon. <sighs> you guys know about that, right? Yeah, I'd heard about it, but I I'm not on Fortnite, so I don't know. So I'm not either. But I watched a uh, a Twitch stream of it because it popped up in my feed, and JJ Abrams like jumped into like they they did this whole huge production where they literally cut into Fortnite when people were playing and created this virtual like waiting room that a movie screen popped up or like and then all of a sudden like a digital version of JJ Abrams pops up and starts talking to the people in the game and then they release this audio and it's an audio broadcast the one that's re- referred to in the movie hmm. of of the emperor um, and that's the, the the marquee. That's the rolling marquee. Is is the so? What, what is, is, the, is what does the emperor say on this? Like this the, thing oh, that was the only dead speaks. The, the 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 final order is rising. Blah blah blah. This this oh. and the other. All this bullshit. I heard. Um, I heard. Uh, did you ever hear the uh, tragedy of the Disney trilogy? That's what I heard. Yeah, you, I think you've been waiting <laughs> to say that, and and you just love beating that that the thing to death. The tragedy of the Disney, Disney trilogy. It's not a normal story that the Disney people would tell you, but it's a tragedy. So, but it's interesting though. So they they definitely crossed like the the platform here. So like they they literally a week, like three or four days before the movie came out, they they opened up a virtual movie theater in Fortnite, in which people heard the Emperor's broadcast, which is referred to. Um, by the characters in, in the rise of Skywalker. So, all right, you know, criticism aside here. So that my, my first viewing, I've seen the movie twice now. As the first you. time, the first time I saw rise of Skywalker, I sat back and I just kind of let it wash all over me. You know, I was like, Oh, I'm enjoying this. This is like, I, I feel great being back in the star Wars universe. Um, there was a lot of points in, in the movie in which I, I smiled, like I had big grins, um, and I, I enjoyed it. Right. So the first, mm-hmm. my first time, I, I enjoyed watching the movie. Um, I it was a pleasurable cinematic experience is the best way I can I can describe it. Um, I went back and saw it yesterday, and. Uh, I I left before the end of the movie. Um, it is long, really. Like primarily because I had other stuff to do, <laughs> but and it's super long, and I knew how it ended. But <laughs> you know, like I, I got to the point in which the um the galaxy showed up and and had had the you know the rebellions back. I got up and I, I bounced at that point just because I was just like, you know, I, I could I, I could go to Home Depot and get this stuff taken care of. So I, I just had to get up and leave. And ultimately, I was thinking about it after my second viewing. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a fun movie to watch. But man, in my personal opinion, it was a really unfortunate way to end the saga. And I I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I'm not hating on it. Like I said before, I felt 
I had fun watching it. Like I felt good about you know certain scenes. Some scenes made me laugh. Some scenes made me feel nostalgic, and that's a cool and all. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I felt underwhelmed by the result of the movie. That's that's the best way I can describe it. I feel like there is, I think there's so much infighting at Disney um, between you know Ryan Johnson's Last Jedi and and JJ's Rise of Skywalker, which pretty much, um, I mean they they go as far as almost even saying it in the script how <laughs> how things are being erased um, from from Last Jedi. And here's the thing. Unlike Nick, I freaking loved The Last Jedi. I thought it was awesome. I know, Nick Nick is squirming in his seat over there. I enjoyed it. I actually thought that was a really good movie. Um, but they definitely did not roll with roll with the punches with Ryan Johnson's um Ryan Johnson's film, and they went a complete different direction, and you could feel it. Like you could it was it was palpable patinable um how you could feel the how it was literally just trying to separate itself as far away from the last jedi as possible um so ultimately i give it um how many stars or how many um how many lightsabers are we gonna rank this on i don't or grade if you want to give it a letter we'll do, we'll do out of five lightsabers i'm gonna give this okay. one two and a half lightsabers out of five wow two and a half yeah that's Seems pretty harsh. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't hate it, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's the final Skywalker saga movie, and sure. I didn't feel like it was. Mm-hmm. Nick, best I can say, you've 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 been in your corner, waiting ah. patiently, with with lots of you have six pages of notes. I have six pages. Some would call them Nick picks. Nick picks. Yes, there are a lot of Nick picks. Um, as I said, and when I called in, um, I liked it the most of the Disney trilogy. Um, I'm floored. Yeah. I'm shocked by that comment. We could just end Nick's comments right there. The thing is, so anyway, (laughs) I want to thank the patrons that make this show possible. No, uh, yeah, it's because I, I hated the force awakens because it's beat for beat a new hope. You know, and you can even say that with the second half of Rise of Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, that it's uh, beat for beat, you know, Return of the Jedi. Um, I am with Chris in some ways with The Last Jedi in that when I saw it the first time, I went, did I like that? I think I did, you know, because it actually is entertaining. But this on my second viewing, I didn't like it. Because it just ignored so many established Rise rules. of Skywalker, you mean? You mean you're talking but, about Rise of Skywalker? Right. Uh, no, I'm yeah. talking about last the last Jedi. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, because you said that you like the last Jedi, and I'm trying to get. To, I'm going to get to the rise of Skywalker, but um, but the last Jedi. I mean, with what Ryan Johnson did is that you know he ignored so many just established rules within Star Wars. You know, he threw a lot of pointless characters, a lot of pointless storylines. You know, a lot of things that were just kind of disrespectful. It's kind of you know and. Uh, and you can see that in the rise of Skywalker where there's multiple course corrections, multiple things of like, we're going to just ignore that, that that happened or we're going to rewrite that. And so which leads me to the rise of Skywalker is that I'm with you, Chris, like the first 
20 minutes, 30 minutes of that film, I was smiling. I mean, I was there going like, I actually kind of like this film so far. And then it gets to a point where I'm like, did they really put that in a Star Wars film? And then okay, what, what what exactly I mean, shifted I'm, you? I'm gonna get to that, but like I mean, I mean, yeah, oh, okay, okay. okay. Right. So okay. I'm just curious as to yeah, like yeah. where the script kind of began. So I like the first half of this film the most. The second half, basically after Han's cam- cameo, I think it goes downhill. Um the first half of this film, especially the first 20 to 30 minutes of it, felt like Star Wars. I mean, in the fact that you have like this family of characters all integrating with each other, all communicating with each other, and you have such good little lighthearted humor within it as well as being witty. Because, like, I mean, I love the fact that C-3PO has so many lines in this film and that they were like C-3PO, like, no one asked, but I'm okay, you know, or like just so yeah. many good little things like that. Um, and I like that, you know, even on the, uh, the, the chase scene, you know, in the desert, which mm-hmm. was a homage to uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, like you see um, BB-8 kind of going, you know, just beeping, saying like, I can do this. And then Ray's like, no, don't do that. And then he does it anyway, the way a droid would. And then it, it helps the situation. That to me is Star Wars. It's like, you know, in that you have this playfulness and like, well, shut up, human. I'm going to do what I want. You know, like R2 would do or something like that. And I so I enjoyed that. But once you get to the actual old ship where the dagger and the snake and all that stuff, it was almost video game plot bad, you know? And so I could forgive that in a way because I was like, at least it's original. At least JJ's trying, you know, at least he's, it's, 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 you know, but then once he falls back on his, his usual laurels of just like, Oh, I need to finish up an ending. I need to do this. Let's bring Palpatine, which he already did anyway, but like, let's do this. Let's just have this ending. And I'm like, Oh, well, this is basically um, a combination of, of return of the Jedi with uh, the comic, you know, the comic book that came out after the Thrawn trilogy. Um, and so it's just like, dark, you know, okay. So you're dark just empire. dark empire. Yeah. You just come, you're combining dark empire with return of the Jedi. And I was like, okay. And so it's not, it's, you know, I've seen this movie too, in a way I was like, okay. And then, but I still enjoyed it in some ways. I mean, there's definitely some nice heartfelt moments, some good humor in it, but there's a lot of stupidity in it too. Um, so, I mean, that's just how I felt. I mean, I wouldn't, I'm glad that in the end that, you know, uh, I mean, I can ignore this trilogy if I want to, I mean, cause it, to me, it didn't build on anything. I mean, I'm, I hate to like, give away like everything I'm saying, but, you know, the- yeah, I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to to knock down anything you're saying, so I'm just kind of letting you, let you okay. go there. Because I mean, there's some things that I feel like you're completely wrong about, but go ahead. <laughs> cool, and, dude. And dude, snaps let himself go. Dude. <laughs> What's that? Who's that? Snaps let himself go. Oh, man. Snaps, yeah. Greg Grumberg, J- oh, get a right. Peloton for crying out loud. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> Um, so, um, okay. So Nick, did you have more to say to that? Cause I, I'm not trying to, to not knock the legs out from your ladder here, but no, um, it's fine. I mean, that's just kind of like my initial thing. Um, we can continue on as we want your second viewing. How, how was your second viewing compared to your first? Okay. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so my first viewing, um, I know Chris had, and I had briefly, cause you had seen it at the time. Cause Chris and I both saw it on the Thursday. You saw it on the Friday. Um, and that one is actually, you know, if you're going to get an initial reaction from me, that's the closest you're going to get. Cause that was me venting just, 
your first viewing. You know, the second one, you know, I'd already seen it. So it was more like me watching my nephews and how they reacted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I still felt the same. Like I was kind of like, okay, like there's the first bit I enjoyed. And then there's some that's just kind of eye rolling, eye rolling corny. Um, but I mean, I, I think my favorite, my, my favorite scenes are, you know, between Ray and Kylo on the old Death Star. I thought those were great. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's, you know, some other things, but I just, I felt that the, it should have never been the emperor and you can tell that it's forced in there. There's a lot of plot holes and a lot of forced things that it should have never been Palpatine. Cause it, to me, it cheapens Anakin's story. It, uh, you know, they don't even address it. They don't even really, other than Palpatine saying, you know, like, you know, your father was, I mean, Luke was saved by his father. No one's here to save you. Um, mm-hmm. cause it just, to me, it, it, it diminishes Lucas's story and they don't even address, you know, if Anakin was the chosen one or or anything. It's just like, oh, it's just a retelling. Yeah, I mean, I think that the chosen one thing stays within the original six. And I, I don't know if we necessarily have to bring in the whole chosen one story arc. And I, I always thought it was still Anakin, even with the fact that he turned to the dark side. You know, because prophecies can be interpreted like yeah. how, you know... So I always kind of still felt like Anakin was the chosen one. He just brought by, about balance in a different way. Um, but okay, but this because I, mean, I have this later on in my notes about this. Like, um, this is the thing is like you know, there's different ways to interpret who the chosen one is and like what did it mean to bring balance because that's never been explained ever. And right. you know, some people want to argue that um, Anakin brought balance because he actually wiped out the Jedi. You know, because like there were mm-hmm. so many and there's only two Sith ever. But you know, I never chose to see it that way. I always chose to so it's like it's more about power and that like at that time there was so much darkness and so much of that kind of balance that you know uh but he did he eliminated the Jedi, which made it tip even more to the dark, but then by eliminating the the Emperor as well as himself, it brought it back to more of a, a center point because all you have at that point now is Luke, and that's it. So he did bring balance to it. Mm-hmm. But this one, with the Emperor returning. That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, well, if he never died, then did he ever really bring balance? And that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's like, if he's not gone, then what did he do? And, you know, and also the fact that it's called the Skywalker, you know, saga, but yet you don't bring Anakin in any way other than one voice cameo into any of these three films also kind of is disrespectful in a way. Because I was fully expecting at least see a force ghost of Anakin and never got, never got any advice, never it you know, any kind of helping towards uh, Ray or Ben, it was just kind of like, okay. So that's what I mean. Uh, Chris, I saw that you put your unmute on, so I figured you had something to add. Oh, no, I was... Um, I, there, there's rumors out there that there's a J.J. Abrams... With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Of this film. Um, and I really, really, really want to see it because I think that the, the the way that they brought back the emperor was just so easy and like a shortcut, you know. And like, there's 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 the scene when um, I think it's when I think it's when Kylo is first going down to confront him. Mm-hmm. And you see that the holding tank with what looked like multiple Snokes. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if one of them was an Anakin or not. No, but it was I, two. I, it was two. Two Snokes. Two Snokes. You know, and then like literally thousands of Sith. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, dude, what? I mean, I mean, and all of a sudden you you've got this entire. I mean, I, I granted it. If you've if you've read some of the books, you might kind of draw your own conclusions. That, like you know that the the final order was, I believe, was is is a callback to um, the resistance, um, the resistance, uh, the aftermath series. Oh right. Um, where do you have like how they're taking all these kids in and and kind of um, what's his name? Who's that? Who's the guy from the aftermath series? The the bad dude that gets killed. I forgot. But anyways, they they're 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 taking all these kids. Oh in, yeah, that's in, right. In yeah, there was a bad guy that yeah, I know what you're talking about. I forgot. I can't think of his name. Rex um, something. Rex. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Or Rax. Rax. <laughs> General Rax. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's this whole storyline about how how they were um kind of like corralling all these kids and and having them be the future of the empire, which one could assume that all of these people that just mysteriously. Um, showed up manning this entire fleet of star destroyers who've been subsequently been living underwater for 40 years um, without any contact to the outside world. You know, like I get that's probably what they're alluding to, but I think that there's this, I, I feel like this movie could have been significantly cooler <clears throat> if they kind of cut out some of the storyline, right. And focused more on the resurrection of Palpatine in how the final order was created. Like, I think there's mm. so much of a storyline that they've missed there. Like what's this hall of, of Sith people chanting, right? You know, where, where did all these, this, these crew of all these ships come from? Um, you know, what was, how did the, all, it, it was, it was, it wasn't even a snap. It was literally a hand raise that just created this entire plot. Right. Like there's a moment where he literally the emperor raises his goddamn hand and all of a sudden he's got a fleet larger than any world in the galaxy. Like there is so much of a story behind there. There is so much of a story about like how the uh, the final order was created and where it came from, the origins, all that stuff, Um, because it has been non-existent. For literally, as far as the storyline goes, the last forty years, like he they they created a forty-year storyline with the emperor raising his hand, right. and I just I'm just like, God damn it! They 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 missed 
they missed that. Like they, they sure. could have done some really cool stuff. Um, but instead we focused on, you know, Dom Hall Gleason, you know, <laughs> screw that guy. Like, <laughs> like, well, you just had some throwaway lines. So. No, but he had a throw, he had a throwaway yeah. character. Like sure. it was just stupid. He, like he hugs the, the slug thing at the end. So I figure that was some kind of weird, like <sighs> metaphor. Um, but it, it was like just that, so. dumb. Like, okay. So ah. now that you guys have kind of, talked about like like but, the but hold, like, they, if, if they oh, just that, put just like the if, tip. if they put <laughs> they, here's how you could have fixed sure. this movie is that you could have done this you, you could have fixed this trilogy in my opinion you could have fixed this trilogy back at the force awakens by including thrawn into the storyline bringing a more sinister dark side right mm-hmm. like Kylo Ren was not sinister. He mm-hmm. was just an emo kid. Um, but you could have brought Thrawn into the storyline. You could have brought the entire Outer Rim, like uh, what do you call it? The the storyline from like Aftermath and the Thrawn series. You could have you could have brought so much stuff in there because so, of his connection with Anakin. Because you yeah, could have tied so much, Anakin back so, into the story that way. But so There's much so of this has been yeah, But so much of this though, and and we can we can maybe look at both directors writing and directing it. Uh, is that they completely ignored everything that was ever written or created. So mm-hmm. nothing ties into, you know, whereas Marvel, it's like, okay, we have all this synergy with all of these things. And, you know, Marvel did it with their TV shows. They completely ignored things that happened in the TV shows and, and just kind of worked the, the TV shows around the movies. Um, this one ignores anything that's happening in the TV shows. And I, and I agree with you about Thrawn. Like, if General Pride was actually Thrawn's character... And that was revealed at some point in this movie. Yeah, I mean, you'd have you'd have a, a lot of fanboys just like freaking out, you know, old school yeah, and new school, because everybody that, wants to see Thrawn. As far as there, a, there, there's a, that one scene where you're like, what? Well, what? Like it, it was it was a scene when 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 General Pride is sitting there on, on bended knee talking to the hologram, and sure. he's like, I will serve you just like I served you in the past. Blah blah blah. I'm like, right. what? Who are you? Yeah, right. Like, Okay, tell me more about this. Like, what, what, what's this about? Like, no, but there's nothing there. It, it was, it yeah. was all just a I, script filler. I will, I will say this, and I, and I know Nick still has like a thousand more, you know, a million <laughs> to one, like Nick picks, whatever, you know. Um, Don't you whatever and, my Nick picks. <laughs> but I will just at least express my, uh, you know, feelings on seeing the movie at this point because. If you haven't listened to the bonus episode, and some of you haven't, um, and you know my my initial reactions are are also mixed. Um, so I I think in that one I said that it was you know not my favorite of of Star Wars movies, but I did enjoy it. Um, I don't feel like this trilogy is worse than the prequel trilogy by any stretch of the imagination. No, we had diners, we had love scenes that made no sense, we had all sorts of mishaps that happened in that prequel trilogy and characters that never once had an inch of an arc as to what I feel like Kylo did with going to Ben Solo. So I enjoyed his story arc throughout the three movies. So I even enjoy like looking back in this trilogy, 
I enjoy Luke Skywalker's story arc. And even though you can say like, okay, this, this movie course corrects what happened in the last Jedi with Luke Skywalker. I like the fact that Luke cuts himself off from the force. I like the fact that the big showdown in last Jedi is Luke Skywalker. And I like the fact that his character has grown to the point in the rise of Skywalker, where he is accepting the mantle and he has kind of taught Ray, like, don't be like me. Don't do what I did. And here, this is, this is the, this is your legacy. You know, you have to turn and face basically like Obi, Obi-Wan and Yoda said to, to Luke when he didn't want to face Darth Vader and return the Jedi. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I know. And I don't mind it at this point. Whereas maybe some of the, the echoes of a new hope didn't work as well for force awakens as it, they did with Nick. I'll, I'll grant it. There's a lot of echoing going on there. I also enjoyed Han Solo you know, and seeing, seeing him. I think that was one of the moments of the movie that driving home affected me the most. I really enjoyed seeing that moment. I'm glad I wasn't spoiled on that moment. I liked seeing that whole change happen. And even the metaphysical thing that was happening with Leia projecting herself into or helping, uh, helping Kylo turn and become Ben Solo. There's, there's something that happens between the two of them where they're connected and I enjoyed that aspect. I think it's the closest thing that we get to like the three of them together is that moment. Because in that moment in the movie, you have Ben Solo confronting <clears throat> um, confronting Han Solo. You have Ray turning and going to see Luke Skywalker on the island. And, um, and then you have Leia basically laying down um, and, and projecting herself into the situation. So... I, and I think that maybe that's at the at the heart of this movie, you know, this this turning point. Um, as with with Nick, on my second viewing, I enjoyed it more as far as like all of the character beats in the first half of the movie. Um, we get C three PO more so in this like the actual C three PO from the original trilogy than we have in I would say any of oh. the movies since Return of the Jedi. Absolutely, yeah. I love that part. I mean, I love that they that they respected C three PO. Not to interrupt you, Matt, but I I really like that that he he seemed like C three PO for the first time since Return of the Jedi. I mean, right. And 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 I'll grant it. I mean, there's there are, there are flaws in this movie. I'm not I'm not here to like defend the Disney trilogy against the mix of the world. That is, that is not my my job. And I, 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 I did love the I did love the scene with C three PO when when like um, I forgot what, what, the, what the there was like a group of them walking somewhere, and they like look back at C three PO like like yeah. really, and like they look back, and they just, everyone turns around, and looks at him, and he just goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those at home, I did my, my very best C3PO turnaround impression. Um Anthony yeah, Daniels, uh, look out. Because if you could fit into that that outfit. I, I'll, I'll tell you, I, you know, they, they they did a nice job with, with C3PO. Um I, I love how they just all of a sudden um they're they're using like um backup your computer logic with yeah. R2D2. It's like what you don't back up your 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 memory to R2D2? Like what <laughs> even 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 the humor that carries out with with C three PO even later in the movie and the fact that like he finds out like oh uh, Babu Frick like he's one of my longest friends you know that was funny. Like, yeah it it does it works all of the writing for that worked for me um, I think where 
I think as fans, and I just wanted to kind of mention this before we we segue into to more of the of Nick's Nick pick because I see he's got his list there. He's like, okay, let me go. No, no, no. let me go. I think we've entered into this phase of like hyper fandom, where you know, back in the day when the original trilogy came out, you didn't have like a thousand podcasts or a hundred like online bloggers like expressing like all of their views. You had people that just went they talked with their friends at school then you know some of their friends might have been like this is bogus or i liked this you know but we didn't have this this kind of instant and it's interesting (laughs) that the people that i've talked to the most are the ones that are the ones that i have talked to that have i would say aren't hardcore star wars fans are the ones that casually enjoy it the most. They're the ones that are like, I love her. I love Daisy Ridley. And I like what, what she's done with this character. Or they just went to the movie theater because it's Star Wars and they love the experience of Star Wars. And it worked for them. They're not the ones that are like, why wasn't there Thrawn? Thrawn would have made this better. And I agree. I am one of those people. I thought about it today as well. I was like, you know, if they would have had Thrawn and instead of general pride, like, like maybe that would have been a better like punch at the end there. And if JJ Abrams says that he wanted to have the emperor in, in this whole, like that was the big villain. Why not give a clue and a new hope that, I mean, even a throwaway line, like why not set the crumbs up knowing that uh, Ryan Johnson was going to take over and and turn it his way. So Okay, you go on uh, so I'll, many different ways. Play. You go on so many different ways, and I'm like, "What was I thinking of like two minutes ago?" I mean, I got, that, 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 that was his that was his wizardry to try to throw you off and criticize him a little bit. <laughs> but I, I, and it was very well done. So like, at was, first, you're yeah. like, was, "Was was is Matt on my side? Is Matt?" I don't, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I what I, you doing? Enjoyed the movie, and I enjoyed it the second time more so. The first time, I was. Definitely underwhelmed, as as Chris was saying, and, and and that kind of like, oh, this wasn't everything I wanted. But yeah, the other three pe- people in my family were f- were ecstatic about it. So, that's, oh, that's, that's what, uh, well, those many, many ways. But like, you know, I'm not sure if you're still here, Chris, or not. But one of Matt and I's last conversations before the movie was released was we were talking about how people get so upset with Star Wars now since the prequels and the sequels because. Star Wars, because it has so many elements of mythology, religion, something like that, that Star Wars is a religion to a lot of people. And so to me, you know, the original trilogy sets up, you know, the rules and things like that. And then so every edition is like another book of the Bible or the Quran or whatever you want to say. And it's that's what I'm saying. It's like so it's like you're adding on something to that. And if it doesn't quite fit in that square peg, you know, people are going to bitch about it. And I get that, you know, um, and I'm one of them, as everyone knows. But it's just because it's like I because I'm respectful of rules. So it's like, oh, they say that you can only do it this way. So you need to only do it this way. And then all of a sudden someone goes, ah, like Ryan Johnson. He goes, ah, I'm just going to forget that. Forget everything you've ever known. Let's just do this. So, yeah, people are naturally going to get upset. And then. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I don't know, man. Like. This trilogy looking like I. I was all I was on board with it, you know, from from the day one when it, they first when the Force Awakens first opened. I I loved it. I loved it. 
And but when you compare that with the first prequel trilogy, I remember seeing Phantom Menace, and I remember leaving the theater being like, "What <laughs> the f- was that?" Like I remember being pissed. And there, there's the big, the big difference for me. It's like I remember being ridiculously upset about that movie, and the subsequent, you know, next two movies were also equally terrible, um, or less, less terrible than, than Phantom Menace. But like, so I, when I compare the two prequel versus sequel trilogies, I, I still have a place in my heart for this rises the the Skywalker saga trilogy, right? And. I just I look back at the at, at these 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 three movies as a whole, and there are so many people that are so mad about them, like, and they get like real mad, and like <laughs> like real bad, like people who, like I don't know this guy up here in my upper right hand corner of my screen, um, <laughs> but as as much criticism as I have for these last three movies. I still really, really, really enjoyed them. Like I really did. I, it was, it was being back in what felt like a real Star Wars story. Like the 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 the, the, the prequel trilogy didn't feel like that to me at all. These felt like Star Wars. But looking back at a whole and these these last three movies, I really wish they had a different direction for the um, like the protagonist and uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, the good guy, bad guy. Like I think that the Kylo Ren story, although was was kind of cool from like a redemption story with with being, you know, um, Solo and, and Leia's kid, it just felt like too much of two good guys trying to accomplish the thing the same thing in a different way. Yeah, like it didn't feel like you didn't have that character, you didn't have that Darth Vader. Like, dude, Darth Vader is one of the baddest mofo's in the galaxy, and everybody feared him. And when you were a kid, you feared Darth Vader. Because he was scary, bad, and he was like the epitome of all that is evil in Star Wars. I never uh, felt like that with Kylo Ren, except for that I, one scene when he held the blaster bolts up and then right, shot them back. Yeah. Like, that, like that was badass. And I was like, if if they just kept that feel with him throughout these three movies, it would have been crazy good. But they didn't. It turned into a overall turned into a love story in which they apps they freaking kissed, dude. Like, God damn it. so, like, so it, be, be, before 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 we go any further, I just I just need for us to kiss our commercial break right here. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. It was a long... Why? Like, God damn it. But and I, I'm going my, back my to daughter. Was, my daughter was really disappointed by that. By that was she really? Moment. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was. I looked over her at her in the movie theater. You know, we're watching it for the first time, and, and they kiss. And I like look over at her, and she's sitting next to me, and she's just like, Ugh. like she <laughs> stuck out her tongue, and but, she just was like, here's the thing. No, this movie specifically, you know, had so many ups and downs. Like they did some really mm-hmm. cool stuff, and then they just totally counteract it with some stupid stuff. Like oh, that kiss was just stupid. Everything like, gets everything gets a happy ending. There's multiple things like that where even even C three PO sacrificing his memories only to get him right back, which I didn't I mind. Know. But That's it's one of those things where it's like nothing was ever permanent. So what what the, the cool counteractor counter to the the kissing scene though was um, they did a really cool job with how Ray defeated Palpatine, mm-hmm. right? You mean like, the the uh, like uh, she's, she's the, 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 Raiders, the Raiders are the last arc. Uh, yeah, totally. Oh yeah, dude, it was totally the Raiders' last arc. It, she's like, I'm I'm all the Sith, blah, 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 blah. And, and then, then she, she comes up and Bada! and then says it says I am Iron Man, and then yeah. like does the <laughs> does the Mace Windu move? Yeah, yeah. It is well, a, it Mace Windu Mace never had two two lightsabers though. It's true. He just had the one. Yeah, he, he only one. needed one. Yeah. <laughs> he only needed one. Yeah. But like, he's a bad mother. <laughs> But like, oh, just I just yeah, I could only like, melt his face. I couldn't like completely Raiders of the Lost. Mm-hmm. You needed to. See, you needed to. If if so. they kept if they kept the main bad guy for this trilogy as the Emperor from the get go, well, it it would have been so Nick would Nick would have criticized it because it would have been a mirror copy of it would it would have been. But it should have been. I've been saying this since the Force Awakens. It should have been Plagueis from day one. Yes. Uh, because you have it set up right there in episode sure. three. Have you heard of the legacy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And you could have done so much cool stuff with this too. Like, I mean, because you could have had, like I said, like I, I think Matt might have read like our early draft of my version of Force Awakens, and mm-hmm. that's what I mean. Like, you could have easily had Darth Plagueis like get the relic from you know the Emperor's chair first scene out of the gate for Force Awakens. You know, because he's after something. You know, you don't really see much in the Force Awakens. But you know, you see Luke with the Jedi Academy. You have Ray there. You know, as a Jedi, you know, Prince. You have been there. You could, and then you could have even had Thrawn in there. You know, like because mm-hmm. uh, like the way that I'm thinking, like the first movie should have been. I know this is my all my fan fiction, but I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't want to segue too much into this. But like, you could have had this, like, um, um, why well, am I forgetting her name right now? Um, the, Ray? the, the no, the female leader of the rebellion, Princess Mon Leia. Rafa? Mon Mothma. Thank you, Chris. So Mon Mothma, you know, it was the the new chancellor of the New Republic. She's just passed away. Leia is now running for, uh, you know, the new chancellor. You know, you have and you have like a divided Senate like we always have, you know, and then you have uh, uh, Luke training, you know, his uh, his Padawans, all this. And then somehow um, in the night, you know, you you can even have that that little bit of lore that they showed there in The Force Awakens. You have. Plagueis like tapping into Ben, you know, in his dreams, you know, he's planting these little seeds. Like you're never going to be as good as Ray, you know, you're never going to be all this. Like you could have gone so many different ways. And then like, by the time you get to the second film, you can have like what you're saying, Chris, like having like this bad villain being in Plagueis showing Ben, like how he can create life, how I can destroy life. Like, you know, yeah. just him completely creating something and then killing it right there. You know, and, like and- just, <laughs> 
and, and the whole Thrawn, the Thrawn aspect. Like, think yeah. of that. Think of his character. Like, think of what dynamic that would have fulfilled for these three movies, right? So you've got this dude who's like a supreme badass strategist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, right. No, nobody can out strategize Thrawn. Nobody, right? Right. right yeah. And but but he he does have this cloud over him amongst all of his the of the folks in the Empire who thinks that he's out for his own good in his own volition, right? They think he's out there for his, his own race <clears throat> because he's, he's frequently questioned. Like his loyalties are always frequently questioned by people surrounding the emperor. And if you think about like how that could have played into this story, right? You think about the guy who's running or who, who could potentially be in command of the final order, right? Being thrown. And all of a sudden, Finally, his his loyalties are challenged between his race, the emperor or Plagueis or whomever, and all these bad guys. He could he could have been like the equalizer dude, and it would have been sick. Like, is he Thrawn is an amazing character. I think I think the one thing that Thrawn also represents, Chris. Uh, I mean, he's a dynamic character. Is that he also represents the very first of what we got post Return of the Jedi. He's in heir to the empire and it yeah. brings in, it brings in a lot of the, the old guard, you know, of us uh, fans out there that, that know him. And, um, and even you could have still had him in rebels and exactly what happens to him at the end of rebels. You're still kind of like, wondering. okay, well, oh, I'm right, just, right. I'm just so, saying that it, it, it could connect, but well, I mean, I've I think, read the story. I've read stories of him post rebels. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. Right, right. I, right. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, you don't have to rewrite Heir to the Empire. And I think that that's one aspect that, that, like I said, both both directors um, who who wrote um, on the movie could have looked at some of that that fan stuff. But everybody wants to make their own new stuff. And, so, and don't forget. And also, don't don't forget Thrawn's connection to Anakin. Right, like, sure. Like they were no, boys, they, dude. Like they were. They, they, have a, they have a lot of. They have a lot of material there, and they completely ignored all of that. So you know, if if anybody wants to to say like there's there's so much fan service, there's actually not a lot of fan service because the fan service would go way way into some of these other things that that right. uh, are not on screen. Like, I mean, the fact that they tease the fact that we would get the ghost at the end of of uh, this. And yet we don't see who's flying the ghost or we don't see any of these other characters. You you could at least, and I realize that like some of these other authors don't, maybe they still have plans for, for what's going to happen, but I don't care. Like just show, you know, I would have felt a lot more dire if I had seen certain characters at the very end um, in that, that last showdown with, with the empire, you know? So, and I, I, I mean, Albeit there are there are some some things that happen in this movie that didn't go the way that I wanted to. Um, I still ah, watching it a second time. I still really enjoyed moments of it. It didn't leave me satisfied. And I think that that's one of the key things is that as I left Force Awakens, I felt satisfied. I was like, even though I knew like like as Nick has pointed out, it's 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 a new hope retold. But I still at the end of it, I was like, yes, I'm with those guys. Wherever they're going, I'm with you. At the end of The Last Jedi, it's a full meal, okay? It's weird because that movie, you should feel like completely destitute like you do at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Like, there is no hope. But I actually feel a lot of hope at the end of The Last Jedi. It's weird because... Oh, no, with the farm, the, the kids sweeping and all yeah. of a sudden... 
Yeah, like, dude, that I loved it. So, where is that in this movie? Right. I mean, okay. <laughs> Erased. So it didn't happen. And I and I felt like okay, so at feelings. The, at the end of this movie, the only thing that I felt was like, oh, okay, they've buried this. They've they've literally shown me that they're burying this. This is done. Um you know, with her in the sand with the two lightsabers. Like they've actually like <laughs> entombed and buried the story now. Like it's like that's it. Like we can it's, we've had our funeral, I guess. Great transition, Matt. Let's talk about the lightsaber. Okay. Let's get to uh hold on. We can we, we can talk about the co- we can we cut some let's talk about uh the sabers first and then get to I know what you want to talk about, Chris. Um which which is why the color of the lightsaber. Oh yeah, I know that's what you yeah. want to talk about. But okay, so like first, like little things like that made no sense to me. Like one of the, one of the minor nitpicks is that we see in the Last Jedi that Kylo and Rey destroy Anakin's saber. So she magically put it back together at some point and is still using it. Mm. Um, which she... make. Go ahead. So we see her using the healing force, in in this. So that's how she healed it. She healed the. the she, healed, she, she healed a metal object with the force. Well, you see that it's banded together now. Like, yeah. So, well, I mean, it's just one of those things that really kind of bothered me because it's like, why doesn't she have Luke's? That's the one thing that really irks me about this trilogy. Is like, where is Luke's green lightsaber? I know it's small and minute, but who cares? Like, it's just one of those things. Like, you saw him in the flashback using it while training Leia. If he has Leia's lightsaber on the planet, where is his? It has to be there too. Because I mean, because if you can't just say like, "Oh, well, he threw it away because he didn't plan on fighting anymore," because it's like, well, obviously he knew then from Leia's uh, flashback that it was he was going to have to need this at some point. Because if, if Leia's telling him, "Oh, my lightsaber's done," it, it, it's just one of those weird things. So why didn't he give her the green saber at some point? And then that one's not buried, so it's still there somewhere it's just little things like that that just irked me a little bit and then of course you have the whole maz uh i never say her name maz cantina you know in force awakens butthole eyes butthole eyes <laughs> saying like you know you never got that answer thanks jj for that mystery box of like how did you get anakin's saber we're never gonna find it out even though she says that's a story for another time never got it <laughs> uh i don't know sorry that's my that's too that's, busy farting on her eyeballs yeah uh, I'm sorry, but I'm sitting there watching this movie. But I, all I can think of is that her eyes look like buttholes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess I, that's just because, like, I, I think Luke's green saber is cool, and you know the fact that she kept even said to Leia, like, "I will earn your brother's saber." I'm like, well, it's really Anakin's saber, but okay. Oh my god, you cannot get over the prequel. How about just, how about like? How about Dominic Monaghan's completely pointless cameo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's another, like, it, like, you know, it's another, it's a, it's a way to me, like, it's one of the things where they, you're talking about, like, completely crapping on The Last Jedi is that, you know, they, they, they basically shoved Rose in the back seat. Like, we're ignoring you for now. And, like, you know, JJ's known for doing that, putting in his friends in these movies. And it's like, well, shouldn't those lines have gone to Rose, really? I mean, because it wouldn't have mattered. Like, it's the same importance. It's like, but they did. They just kind of shoved her in the back, and it's like exactly. Dominant Mangan's character was basically was pointless. It's a good one. I like it. 
<laughs> All right, continue. <laughs> okay, so the, the yellow lightsaber. Um, oh, okay. with, yes, with that's the that's the the, the the crystal used by the Jedi Sentinel. Which, yeah, and and guards of the temples too. Guard the good. The, yeah, so I, I'm I'm wondering if um, this is the is this the last we'll see of of Ray? I think she's the actress has uh, has said that that she didn't plan on coming back. She's done. So so did Harrison Ford. That's true. That's absolutely true. Mm, yeah. So when they need, when they need that big check, come back in. Yeah. Like just a, just give her about thirty years. <laughs> but but here's the thing then like okay. what the sh- why why would you give her the like why if she's not going to come back if you're not going to have a, like she's, she's, she's essentially it's essentially a symbol of like the, the baddest ass Jedi to have these gold lightsabers these yellow lightsabers so so we're done with her and so, oh, here you go she's a badass and she, you're never going to see her again but here's the yellow crystal other other question. So um, Kathleen Kennedy has said that maybe we're not done with the Skywalker saga. <laughs> There's no more Skywalkers left. Okay, uh-huh. they're all but they're done, but they're done with trilogies. So does that? Can we read read between the lines and say like maybe she's not satisfied with Episode Nine? There's going to be an Episode Ten. Well, that's the uh, thing to me because like to me, Episode Nine felt like two films. I'm sure it did to you guys too. And that's where you can see the course correction from Last Jedi. It was two movies squeezed into one, which is why it feels so long. Uh, at least I, that's how I felt. I felt it was a, one movie all the way up until Han's cameo, and then another film after that. Um, I mean, granted, the the second half was a bit short. It couldn't have been a complete film, but it was. It was kind of like, here's one arc, and here's another arc. Hey, uh, you just reminded me. Um, good job. One of my compliments um, would be the Death Star, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought the set the set design for that was was pretty rad. I think we having her walk into the emperor's you know um, chamber vault, yeah, in the vault was pretty cool. Like I th- that, that it was, was a very cool rad. way of like it was a cool way of having a dark side cave essentially. Yeah, yeah, like, I, like I was a fan of that. Yeah, but that, that that's so. what I mean by like feeling like two films in that you know you already had one dark side thing with Ray with the mirrors, which I guess mattered to nothing. Uh, from Last Jedi, and then this one she has another dark vision. So it's like, oh, so they're kind of like saying, well, that first one, I don't, not that it didn't mean anything, but you're kind of mm-hmm. doing the same thing again to kind of like, oh, like we're showing the threat of she could go dark. Which actually, I kind of rooted for her to go dark. Did you guys like? Because like in that moment, you see, oh like, yes, and then like even when when uh, Kylo Ren shows up with the with holocron, uh, whatever the navigation, it's a wave, 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 wave finder. When you see it, like you know, she's like going, give it to me. Give, like it's like greed, like she's just kind of like has this weird look on her face, like crap, she's gonna go dark, you know. And then of course she doesn't, but it'd be awesome if she did. Yeah, I like. Um, so um, I don't know where to go from here. What what else you got there, <laughs> Nick, on your list? I got so much stuff. It's just crazy. So did you guys? Let's just go back to the beginning because this is where my notes okay. start. Um, All right. Did you guys realize the first thing we see is Mustafar? Yes. Yeah. He's running okay. away, like, like thrashing people. Yeah, he's just yeah. like yeah, running and killing yep. you know the random people that are there. And those are the um, I was reading something about that. So the, those are the uh, I think the Sith acolytes. They're mm-hmm. Al Alzamek species. I don't know. 
but yeah, and uh, you know, they have these iron trees that are apparently grown up. But I, I felt that was kind of a missed opportunity. They didn't show you know Vader's um, castle. Castle. I was like, well, yeah, you, they just show the the uh, where the the Sith Wayfinder is. But it's like, well, mm-hmm. you, you kind of show it in Rogue One. It would have been a nice call out to show it again. You know. Yeah. No, it would have been cool. Um, I. I liked that we jumped into the action; that it wasted no time. So, right. unlike, That's true. yeah, I mean, I like um, that. Yeah. Unlike, unlike me not hearing or being a part of uh, Fortnite, um, I, I was just like, oh, okay, like, what? Wow, we're we're going right to this. Like, we're not we're not wasting any time. And for me, like, a lot of the film felt like we were on this frenetic breakneck speed, you know. Um, and that's where, to me, like part of it did feel rushed at, at moments and maybe maybe the second half more so than the first half. Like the first half had like that as Nick, as you pointed out, like it had a certain like pace where I could like I could breathe, I could laugh with the characters and I could be along for the ride. Whereas um, maybe the last half, you know, or last quarter, we'll say like felt yeah. a little bit rushed. Right. So. Um, so, yes, Mustafar. Um, yeah, it's just a nice little tidbit. I felt I was like, oh, like I, I mean, after I realized it was Mustafar, I was like, oh, I was like, that's I was like, I, you know, I, I would have enjoyed seeing a little bit of Vader's, you know, house or. And, you know, and we never yeah. got like a confirmation as to where the rebels are hiding out. Like they're not on Yavin, like as we suspect suspected, but they're on some other jungle planet apparently. So. Oh okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we we've never gotten a confirmation of like, oh yeah, they were on Yavin, or oh yes, they were on. You know, so mm-hmm. wherever this forest planet is that they're hidden. So just going because I'm going in order kind of in a way. Um, mm-hmm. So going back to what Chris was saying about like, you know, it was it was something that didn't need to be addressed, but kind of it did. I felt like they just left it open, like with how Palpatine came back, which in a way kind of frustrated me because it's like, is he a clone? Because he was kind of clearly making Snoke. But if he's a clone, how does he have his memories? And, you know, because like the clones wouldn't have a memory. His memories, it would just be, you know, a blank canvas, but his body and powers. And if he's not a clone, then how the hell did he get off the Death Star? Because, you know, because clearly he went down his long shaft. He exploded. Mm-hmm. Then the Death Star exploded. So it's mm-hmm. like there's not much left. And it's not like he could resurrect himself. I mean, even Ray and Ben couldn't do that. So it's like that's one of those questions to me that, it just felt like, well, how is he here? You know, and that's. Do you, do you want my kid's explanation? Yes, please tell me. <laughs> so, and he came up with this before even seeing Rise of Skywalker. So this was his like, because we were all kind of speculating how the Emperor come back. He thinks that as the Emperor died and that the Death Star was exploded, somehow he pulled in all of this metal shrapnel all around him to protect himself. Okay. Um. As Leia, as as Leia did in Last Jedi, he's floating in space. He like pulls all of this like metal scrap around him. It's clever, and yeah, and kind of similar to how Darth Maul apparently survives because we've never, you know, I mean, you Mm -hmm. you kind of figure out that Darth Maul in the Clone Wars comes back from some similar. I realize we don't see this. Okay, I'm just saying that this is how my my nine year old uh, makes way more sense than the movie did. You're, I think your son's on to something. Yeah, I like it. It's it's clever thinking. I'll um, I'll tell him to write it in a comic book form. Absolutely, that's the only, that's the only time that we're going to get an explanation for this. So my my second 
from my second viewing because this is where I'm really analyzing it. Was my second viewing. What, what it, did your nephews think of you at this point? Were they just like? Oh, I mean, they're oh they're God. eight and so, ten, you know, and so okay. they're looking at me like, "Why are you writing in that notebook so furiously over there?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, the second one was because now that you know from this scene in the beginning that Palpatine was Snoke all along, and like Chris said, you know, he's got a whole freaking fleet buried. Yeah with planet busting weapons with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What's the point of having Starkiller Base? If you can just send multiple Death Stars and rule it that way. That's how I knew immediately that this was a hodgepodge thing, that the Emperor was never supposed to be included from the beginning. It's just like, because it makes no sense. Are you telling me that J.J. Abrams would lie to us? He knows <laughs> Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. What else you got? I've got tons. Um, you only got okay. two more minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crammed on there. Well, I mean, I mean, and then like the last thing I had is he goes, you know, Lucas had told uh, McDermott, the emperor, that, you know, that he mm-hmm. was dead. His character's dead. So that's another right. thing of like where Kathleen Kennedy had promised Lucas that he would never, she would never interfere with his six films. Like, you know, like everything mm-hmm. he has canon was, is, is. And then so that that to me felt a little bit disrespectful to bring him back in this way. Because uh, I was like, ah. and that's why that's why I'm saying it should just have been Plagueis. It'd have been much easier to explain. Is know? that is that why they we get a chimpanzee that looks like a Yoda? God, I was gonna bring that up too. Like, <laughs> what the heck is up like, with this weird Sith chimpanzee thing? Like, God, okay, so, what? so what was so Yoda, I think I missed that. He's the okay. the chimpanzee mechanic that makes Kylo Ren's helmet fixes okay? it. Yeah, oh, fixes yeah. fixes his helmet. So. Yeah. I just wanted to point out that that Lucas's initial idea or one of his proposed ideas was to make Yoda a monkey in Empire Strikes Back. So I was wondering oh. if it was an homage to the fact that there was going to be a monkey Yoda. Of all the things to have homage to, why the was this one? <laughs> like, come on. I mean, the, the, the sad, the sad thing is, is you're, you're you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee he's right. Because I, I kept thinking about that. Like, of all the creative aliens and things we've seen, you have a chip mm-hmm. and a helmet. I was like, what is that? You know, I was like, okay, it's only a quick scene, so it didn't matter. But you're just going, it just it felt odd. Yeah, you know? there were there were moments that I that I wonder if JJ was just like, I wonder if we could throw in this slug creature. I mean, you know, Star that Wars was fans. 
Yeah. Well, that was weird too. Like when you see that, you see that in the next scene with the uh, on the Falcon. That was the one alien in the entire movie. That I was like, did they borrow this guy from Men in Black? Because it just feels weird. Like it doesn't look like a Star Wars alien. It looked like, oh, here's something left over from Men in Black. Or I wish they would have just thrown a Bith in there. Or Thunder. you know what I mean, like a Bith. Yeah. You know, like like give give me something that I can can wrap my mind around. Yeah. Um, but now we have a big slug thing. Yeah. And why? Okay, you have. Now you got me going. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. Come to the dark we, side. We've we, we we earned him. We have cookies. No, no, because <laughs> I, I, I still accept this for being what it is. Like I'm, it's fine. Like I'm just like you know, I, I enjoyed the movie for what it is. Okay, and I'm, I'm not gonna say that uh, the prequels are better <laughs> than this Disney trilogy because I'm sorry, the prequels, they, there's some bad stuff there. Anyway, um. <laughs> They threw Wedge in for just like like uh, they, they wedged him in. They literally wedged him into this movie. They could have had Wedge on the Falcon as opposed to Dominic Monaghan the entire time. I don't care if Wedge is hugging the slug dude. Like yeah. you yeah. just give me more Wedge. I and never I'm, I never was more proud of my nephew though in that moment, in that quick yeah. wedge scene. My dad looked at me and goes is that some some random character? I was like, no, it's fucking wedge. Sorry, it's wedge, you know. And my <laughs> nephew, though, before I even see it saying that, he goes wedge. And I was like, oh my god, the fact that a ten year old can recognize an old man who he has not seen since he was, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. that is awesome, you know. So I was really proud of him. And I know, I know, uh, uh, one of our listeners, um, Greg. Who, mm-hmm. who's been an avid Owen and Bruce. I know he was disappointed in this movie. I know he's also one that asked us uh, at some point just on the Facebook group, whether or not we had listened to uh, resistance, resistance, rebels, resistance. What, what is it called? Star Wars resistance, rise, rise of the resistance. Maybe that's what it's called. It was a book. It was a tie in book. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Sorry. Sorry. While you're, while you're, do, while you're doing that, you just I think, was, think of a really cool potential scene that could have happened in that moment, too. Like when the whole galaxy shows up. Yeah. If, the, if they did this trilogy right and Thrawn was a part of it, whoa, what if Thrawn rolls up in, the, in, the, in his ship and just like going head to head? That would have been awesome. Well, that, that was something. Yeah. That was something that I did not pick up on in the first viewing into the second one about the because I from the logical point when you see the Emperor rise up this whole entire fleet, mm-hmm. I assumed that these were just starter stories that he had built while he was Emperor and they'd been frozen or like kept a secret this entire time. So they're just empty vessels, you know. And I was like, that oh, makes sense. Sure. And why else mm-hmm. would he need Kylo and the the first order other than right. say, let's join up and you're you're uh, order is going to team my ships, you know, and we'll reconquer the galaxy. No, that's what I Exactly. But on my first viewing, I thought that's what makes sense. That makes total sense. The second viewing, though, to see that the fact that there are Sith like lieutenants and generals and, you know, Sith like troopers. Star- I'm like, Star Trek uniforms, no less. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. These guys have just been chilling in the ground for 30 years? It's like, did they get hungry? Like, I mean, it was, that to me they made had- no- they had to order pizza with their wayfinder. Oh. Um, it brings it back to what I mentioned earlier. Um, so uh, Greg had a- asked us uh, at some point if we were listening to the book Resistance Reborn or had we read it. Um, and I've been listening to that audiobook with my kids. Um, 
I have not been impressed by the book. I haven't enjoyed it as much. And it's frustrating to know that this is a lead up to the movie and Wedge is in this book. I mean, they go out to like recruit him and yet he's sidelined in this movie. And I, and again, I I just kind of emphasize like the synergy with all of these other things that they have, the comic books, the, the, the books, the actual books that have been out there. Um, why not draw in? I understand that there, there's they're going to lose certain fans, like the the JPs of the world that you know never dig any deeper. No offense, JP, but I, I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> and that's fine if they don't want to dig any deeper. You know, you just have them there, and you know, like, oh, hey, like when I do finally watch something or or dive a little deeper beyond the movies, you'll learn about them. You know, but. For the rest of us, I think it would have been a great moment to actually like have these things like like lead up. You don't have to explain where Wedge came from. Just throw him in there, you know. Better than Dominic Monaghan or Slug Dude. Um, True. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I liked the action set pieces throughout this movie, um, in, including uh, you know the whole fact that we lose uh, Kylo Ren down down the shaft or whatever, and he rises back up. You know, I guess that was the rise of Skywalker. Um, but yeah, I also I like, too. like, where's the actual rise, you know, other than you know, him getting out of the pit? <laughs> like, okay. I, I love the whole transference of the lightsaber um, moment, you know, and, but again, you have, you have these characters that, you know, the Knights of Ren, they oh, are, they're I, I mean, more so than Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma actually could talk. Yeah. I mean, these 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 uh the squad that he rolls around with apparently their spaceship actually smokes which made me think of like you know those those trucks that like to roll coal i uh, guess the knights of ren like to also roll coal in the universe is, this is one of those things like if you would have started like i said like and actually in the first film the force awakens would have took place you know with luke actually training ben and and ray and like having this ball be what if the Knights of Ren were simply other fallen apprentices of? I still of that they are. You know? Yeah, I still assume they are. I assume, but they, you don't you don't see them with any lightsabers. You don't see them use any force abilities. Sure. So it's like, well, what's the point, you know? And then mm-hmm. all they do basically is capture Chewie, and then they try to beat up uh, um, uh, Ben. That's I it. Like, it's like yeah, they're not there. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay. What what was your whole point in the film? No, I mean, agree. Missed opportunity with the Knights of Ren. I, I felt like they should have had lightsabers. Yeah. Um, how how much cooler would have been for Ben yeah. Solo to actually have to de- defeat yeah, all of them? Like, I love his little move too, when he's just like, "All right, like let's go." Like I love his like little oh, yeah. kind of motion, I, you know. And that's the thing is that I've enjoyed these characters more so. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not I'm not trying to make this a, a trilogy war here. <laughs> But I've enjoyed the characters um, a lot more than other trilogies. We won't name names, but it's not the original. Um, but I enjoyed these characters for what they were, you know, like and and where they those 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 people went. I guess. Um, do I want more? Yes. Do I feel a little like shortchanged? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so. things that, about this this movie in particular I really, really liked, and I'll, I'll get into that later. But like, I mean, there's wait, wait how much later? What, Dude, what is I, I mean, I think we're gonna like, go. We're gonna go for like another hour. I'm telling you, I've what? got a lot to say. Yeah, 
No, this is like right. You guys keep, interru- you you gotta, guys keep interrupting me, and I've got stuff to say. We got to wrap this up. No, uh, we can't about? hear you. We can't hear you, Chris. Chris you're muted. Uh, there you go. So, have you guys read or listened to the Aftermath um, series? No, I mean, read. Matt, Matt's read them. I read. I've, like I've read them half of the first book, and then kind of okay. got bored with no, it. I've read the entire. Yeah. So, going back to my whole, I wish stuff. Um, <laughs> the the aftermath trilogy does a really cool job with so chuck wendig who's the author of the aftermath aftermath mm-hmm. trilogy um if you haven't followed him on twitter you should because he's pretty funny um but the cool thing about aftermath so that it was written when was it written i think it was written after it's, it's, it, it, it takes it it takes place immediately mm-hmm. following um jedi I believe it was written around the time that um, Force Awakens came out. Okay. Yeah. So it was almost as if Chuck Wendig had a little bit of like sense of where to go, right, with how he's going to build his story from the past. But the the series ends on Jakku, and it yeah. kind of lends credence as to why they're on Jakku, right? Um, but the whole idea of the of the creation of this fleet, Nick, this is I was I, was, I, I came across this thought because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole idea of the creation of this fleet, they touch on some of that right in this book, and they touch on the the relics and um, trying to complete the emperor's final plan. It it's almost as if <laughs> they just. They took from this story, the aftermath story of what essentially one of the plot lines of the things that was happening in the background. um, And they just put it on hold or they -hmm. they let the storyline kind of continue, you know, in the background. And then all of a sudden they picked it up in the last half of this movie. I can see what you're you're talking about. So like especially (sighs) book three. Especially yeah. what happens in books. Empire's End. Yeah, and Empire's End. Yeah. Totally. Like, and, they, and they, had they actually just stolen from it? It would have been better. Just, it would have been better. It would have been right. so much better. I, I, know, it, it I know exactly what, what Chris is talking about. Yes. Um, so um, for, for those of you who want a more satisfying end to the Empire, <laughs> um, do yourself a favor and, and either read and or listen to the um, the Aftermath trilogy. I believe that there might be a new one coming out. I think I think Chuck Wendig's got a new book coming. Out. I'm not sure, but and I I enjoyed the second book in that it focuses a lot more on Han Solo and kind of what he's doing post Jedi. Yeah. So if you're, oh if you're yes. wanting, yeah. If you're wanting a little bit more, I mean, the honestly, like the second book, I enjoyed probably even more than the first and the third, even though I like where the third one takes you. So yeah. and and to what Chris is talking about as far as the culmination of the Empire and this. I did like the the juxtaposition of the first order versus the final order and that that whole thing, but red stormtroopers are just as vulnerable as white stormtroopers apparently. Yeah, that's just called toys for kids marketing. I I know, right? But like, if you're gonna call something a Sith trooper, come on, like you know, like that whole, I wanted that them whole, actually be like. Chris touched on it very briefly, but that whole planet thing made no sense to me. And just because from Chris coming from the EU standpoint, of like the Sith were originally a race that died out for everyone out there who does not know. And then basically from that point on, you know, the Sith, they adopted that name because that's who was. Um, 
And then, you know, you have the rule of two after that. And so the fact that you have a planet of these people, which you never really figure out who they are, are they just the, the planet's native people who just worship the Sith ruler or what? Like, you don't understand what that is. That, that chimpanzee is all that's left. That's all. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you, Nick, in, in Empire's End, after, Aftermath's Empire's End, there's this kind of, I was alluding to this earlier when I was saying before that in these stories, there is this whole storyline about how um, Gallius Rax is his name. He's, he's one of the, ah, the, the, main, the main baddies from this storyline of how he was doing the bidding of the Emperor mm-hmm. by recruiting like thousands and thousands of kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And it makes sense. Like that was the plan. Right. So you look at, you look at, you know, how are all these ships? How is this, this uh, apparently this, this entire community of, <laughs> of the final order, where did they come from? Um, and it's right here. Like this story Chuck Wendig's story is is so much better than J.J. Abrams' story. <laughs> like I, I'm sorry, it, yeah. it really is. And it, had they gone this route, there are I mean, so a, many cool. There's cool. There's a lot lines. of there's a lot of stories that are written in the books that like no one will ever take from because they need to write their own thing and they need need to create their own thing. And I it's frustrating as a, as a star Wars fan, because we have been given a lot of great stories over the years. And a lot of them are either ignored and they're not even like treasure trove dove for, you know what I mean? Like like they don't take the great parts of it as opposed to like, let's say Marvel. Okay. Mm. Uh, Which has thousands of stories to pull from. And they actually like pull out some of the best nuggets. Star Wars hasn't done that with their legacy, their and they, canon, and they or should, dude. Like their legends. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I know. I, I think mean, I think of I think of all of the the Star Wars books. I haven't read them. I listen to them in my, in my commute, right? So I'm not trying to you know give off you know false valor for being a you know literate. I'm not. Um, but I listen to these books, and actually, I find them even better to listen to because the the narrators are. Phenomenal. Oh yeah, and Mark um, Thompson's really great. He does a great job solo. But I'll tell you that, like the the, the crate he does do a great Han Solo. Yeah. But like what, what's what's really cool about all the books I've read recently, so or listened to recently, so the Empires, um, I'm sorry, Aftermath, the Thrawn series, the uh, the Tarkin series, like all of these books give you the perspective of the Empire. Mm-hmm. That's like a big common thread in most most of the books I read, and they do such a good job of kind of like weaving in and out the, the inner turmoil of the emperor, the empire. Like what we got from this trilogy is we got a comical turncoat, right? It was mm-hmm. Dom Hall Gleason. Now Dom Hall Gleason, he, dude, his character was so stupid, but you find out where he comes from in these books. Yes, that's true. And like, and it's interesting, you know, you know, thinking back to the books and seeing where Dom Hall Gleason's character came from. It should be way cooler. <laughs> it should be way cooler. But the idea of the of these other alternate stories, they do such a good job of like sowing some discord within the emperor and the empire rather, right? But they 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 show the 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 massive power and strength of the empire, but they also show the infight and the po- the politics behind a lot of the moves that are made in the empire. 
Um, you know, most people don't understand or get the differences between admirables and uh, admirables, admirals and moths and grand moths and all the politics mm-hmm. behind all that. Like all of those stories in these books are so badass. And they could have been so they could they could have stolen so much content I, that would I have would, created great great storylines for these movies, I and would, they failed. I, w- I would like to mention uh, Nick's. He he talked about uh, Dark Empire series, and one of the coolest visuals I remember when reading that comic series back in the nineties was the idea that when the Emperor came back, he had these clone tanks of his own body, which actually makes more sense. Than, than him cloning and creating a, a you know a Snoke, um, but I'll be it. I accept it for what it is. It's it is Star Wars now, but in the comic Dark Empire, the idea that he could jump into these bodies and so as Luke's fighting him, he thinks that he kills one of them, but boom! All of a sudden, his body's like coming out of another clone tank, and he's got to face another one, and you have all of these clone tanks. So that the fact that he could project himself into these you know i mean that to me if you're going to introduce the idea that the emperor's coming back why not have his spirit go into one of these forms it makes more sense than the machinery although the machinery aspect reminds me of darth maul and darth vader and the fact that the sith are obsessed with the material aspect of things you know they're like constantly needing these like machines to keep them alive as opposed to the jedi which can project and heal and you know kind of resurrect you know so you see you get a little bit of that jedi force power i think with with leia and i think it is one of the tragedies of this entire trilogy that carrie fisher had we had her for this how this story would have been so much different i i i did like what they did with her though i mean even though it was all re not reused but like it was unused footage right but i thought they did very good with what they had what they had with her um that was actually one of the things i was you know really surprised about because i expected like mm-hmm. what, like one quick scene of like her saying goodbye or hugging somebody oh. and that would be it you know but i was like wow like there's actually a lot of carrie fisher in here you know i was like this mm-hmm. is this is pretty good um I'll just skip to it. There was one thing I wanted to talk about with her, though, I thought was really interesting. And it's one of those things that you can debate forever. Like, um, and it's her death. Um, where is it? But basically, oh, here it is. Okay, so you see that in the in the battle, and this is like one of, this is one of, one, reason, one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite scenes. You know, you see you know, Ray tinkering on the, that little the knife's edge of like, is she going to go bad? Is she not going to go bad while she's fighting Kylo? And, you know, and you have this great, you know, fight, first fight, you know, and then you have, of course you have Finn butting his nose and everything. And then her turn around saying no and force pushing him back. And then and they leap over. And then you have see Ben having the upper hand and he might actually kill Ray. Mm-hmm. And then you see her Leia, you know, just commune to him and just simply say Ben. And in this mm-hmm. situation, you wonder, is it like Luke in that she's projecting herself into him or mm-hmm. there? And what really got me questioning this is because in that moment, it stops um, Kylo from killing Ray and then Ray stabs him. Yeah. And so is in a way, did 
Ray kill Leia, or was it just the fact that she's projecting herself into another planet, you know, like or another area, the same way Luke, you know, because they've said that in the Last Jedi that this would mm-hmm. take so much energy to do this that it would probably would kill you. But it's one of those things that's like, well, was she okay until Ray stabbed him? I mean, Ray stabbed uh, Ben. Um, I just, I just kind of liked the thought behind this. It's like mm-hmm. you know, its complexity. I was like, oh, this is interesting, you know, and then. To add on top of that, I, I also thought, because, you know, at this point, Kylo is still evil. And when Ray force heals him, that's when he's good all of a sudden. I mean, yeah, I mean, not, not to skip over the Han cameo, but after that is when he, like, all of a sudden is. So you wonder by Ray giving him a little bit of her right. force energy. Force. Yeah, did that. In some way, just a little bit pushing them over this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like that to me was one of those like, I like that it's not answered, but it leaves it up to you can kind of decide for yourself. Yeah. Well, and bigger question is does Leia put herself into Ben Solo to keep him alive? Right. Up until the very end of the battle there. So when she's actually kissing Ben Solo, is she actually kissing Leia? Oh. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, that was another question I had, though, because exactly because she doesn't become a force, or she doesn't she doesn't fade into the force until right. until and so, he does. So yeah. you wonder, like, is is her energy are they connected? Alive? Yeah, as well as Ray. You know, it's like, and there's a lot of interesting questions there that are posed that you know don't need to be answered, but they're I, they're interesting. I, I just have to say, as far as like this this last half of the movie or this last quarter of the movie that that um, that we've been very critical about, some of the visuals I still really love. I love the visual of both of them finally wielding Luke and Leia's lightsaber. They are a dyad in the Force. It mm-hmm. takes both of them to go up against the the Emperor. Yep. I love seeing them there, like the two Jedi, like taking on the Sith. Um, and then that twist where he's actually using both of their powers to heal and come yeah. back. Which made me wonder, like, had he been on this teetering of life, like, does the fact that he absorbs them and he comes back almost fully, does that allow her to kill him finally? You know, like, if he was teetering on this life, like, did he actually pulling the the life force make it so that when she does kill him, it's more final? I also wondered because, you know from what they're establishing in this film is that, you know, by giving a little bit of your force, it's kind of draining you in a way. Yeah. So did that make her weaker as a Jedi the same way Ben, you know, because when he gives his little bit back to her, he dies. It's like, well, and, and also it's one of those things that another thing that you can see, they didn't think it through is that in the last Jedi Snoke says that he's the one who created the connection between Ray and, and, uh, and Kylo, but mm-hmm. then all of a sudden Palpatine is surprised by this dyad and going like, <gasps> you know, the power that fuels you will repower me. It's like, well, didn't you already know that? You know, I just feel like the Sith just lie. So like <laughs> Snoke, Snoke lies about that because clearly they still have a connection after he's gone. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's this aspect where Kylo lies to her about like, Oh, your parents were nothing, you know? But is that also um, another middle finger to the Last Jedi, though? You know, because clearly a Palpatine is not, you know, nobody. Okay, so which brings up the, probably the biggest questions that remain. Okay, 
because after walking away from this movie, the biggest question I had was like, wait, he had a kid? And yeah. now it's her, is his son force sensitive? Or did he like, because everybody else that we've seen has passed on biologically to their, their kin, some mm-hmm. type of midichlorian. Or is this some kind of like illegitimate kid that has no like midichlorians from him, but yet the emperor like force impregnated his wife? Like, I, I mean, I've got like follow up so, questions about so this. My question Here, about that because when okay, so we're, I don't know if we're gonna be talking about this tonight, but we're gonna talk about the Mandalorian for a quick second. <laughs> that's, that's, um, next, that's the next podcast. Yeah, next podcast. So, um, so when the Mandalorian bumped up their episode the one that came out the week of uh, this, this movie, they, they bumped up the episode to Wednesday because they said that there is, there's parts of this movie that you need to see uh, to, to, to then go see rise of Skywalker. They mm-hmm. moved it from a Friday to a Wednesday because of con plot content. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only connection that I could glean was the force heal. Yeah. Right. Right, so Yoda is able to do that, and in, in or bit not Yoda, but the the baby Yoda, or the child, like, yeah, the child, the asset, um, you know, does forced healing. Show um, me the asset, right? Um, wait, did I even have in that episode? Maybe I'm off. No, no, you're right. I mean, they, they got the, the, the episode with the the forced healing, like he yeah, yeah. So, force heals grief, Karga. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. You know, you remember uh, Billy D. Williams. Um, so who was in this movie he was (laughs) so are we going to find out that the child plays a role in the eventual no because the timeline doesn't doesn't add up yeah because it's like 20 or 25 years before unless nope I don't know Mm -hmm. I mean but don't don't forget there's a huge concern and need from the empire to get the child are they trying to do some type of crazy like you know test tube baby scenario in which they're combining to create ray i mean i I don't know i don't know but i I can't think of any other reason like why else would they bump the episode up it has to just be the force healing and then my other thought was but but why they also didn't want to conflict with the fact that the Mandalorian was coming because apparently we can't watch TV shows and movies in the same same day. So I don't know. That's true. It's true. It's true. We 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 just can't do both. So yeah, can't um, have nice things. I too. this was one of those nitpick things that I felt was I had no problem with force healing because force healing has been around the yeah, EU cool. for, for a while. No problem. Yeah, I, I did I, for movie convenience wise. I kind of felt it was weird the whole death scene though in the end because one how all of a sudden you know ray out of nowhere because she's ray knows how to do force heal no one's ever talked about it. no one's ever, how does she know how to do it you don't know but she has the books dude yeah which no one else has done before but anyway um okay they didn't explain that they could have talked about it like hey like that's my point child, though what what if there's what if there's a connection to the child in the mandalorian and ray's abilities I'm just saying that the child is like, uh, you know, what's well, like learning how to talk. So it's just like, 
Please but they made, but they made it a point to say that there's plot there's a plot line in the Mandalorian that you need to watch before seeing Rise of Skywalker. It's, it's, it's just got to be the yeah. yeah but but, but I, I get that. But like, who cares if it's in both places, right? Did uh, did they mean for it to say that the the fact that Baby Yoda can force heal and the fact that all of a sudden Ray can force heal? Is there a connection between no, the two? It was just the fact that you could see this force ability before. That's, that's all it was. But that, that's stupid. That's no reason to bump up an episode. Well, it was on Christmas or whatever, and then they didn't want it released on the same day. Wow. Yeah. That's what I said. But, okay, now her saving, I mean, uh, Ben saving her, bringing her back to life, that was one of those weird moments where I was like, well, force healing is one thing, but actually bringing her back from death, that was a bit weird to me. Because, like, if she was dead... Or what? I mean, like, why didn't she fade into the force? But yet he fades into the force, and it's like, wait a minute, what's what's going on here? It's just one of those kind of weird convenience things. Or the child force heals the emperor back to life. <laughs> that would have been cool. There, there it is. There it is. Uh, yeah, the child. Uh-huh. The, the child is responsible for the resurrection of the emperor. It's just chilling at the bottom of the Death Star, waiting for him to fall down there. I'm like, I got you. I got you, dude. um he's wearing he's wearing his mandalorian helmet armor down there like we 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 definitely want to get to the mandalorian tonight um at some point i still got another half hour what dude i you you want this to be like a ramble cast yeah because we we need to talk about this movie because this is our only opportunity to talk about this (sighs) okay let's 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 uh, let's hear out your nick. You 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 got you only got so much time to wrap this up, so you better put interrupt me, people. Okay, okay. Place your turbo laser on the bottom of Star Destroyer and get it over with. Send your hate mail to ownbrewsbarbecue at gmail.com. No, it's the force is well done at gmail.com. Oh yeah, whatever. Uh so now I just feel like I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. Um the first nitpick I really kind of had was the whole slight speed jumping thing. I kind of didn't like that. What did you guys think? Like in the very beginning, because I, I kind of was like, wait a minute, you, you know, I thought you were supposed to have precise, you know, computer from the, you know, the Navi computer to do this. And then like, they made it look like no big deal. Like I can just jump into all these different worlds. Like, like it's like Battlestar Galactica. Like I can just jump wherever I want. And then also on top of that in the last Jedi, you know, this whole light speed tracking thing was a new phenomenon that only the lead Star Destroyer could do, and yet now TIE Fighters can do it. I felt like, what? This is just way too much too soon. Stolen from the books. So there's, um, okay. there's, a, there's a lot of that in um, Thrawn, the Thrawn series. They, they, okay. they touch on, on the, the light jumps. It's actually very cool. They call, them, they call them micro jumps in the books, I think they call them. Okay. Hmm. But, but yeah, okay. Cool. That's cool. Um, but with the whole light speed tracking thing, this kind of changes any future movie from now on. Like, as in, if this is going to be canon where er- anything can just track you, jump through light speed, then you can no longer just say, let's get the hell out of here, jump in light right. speed, and we're gone. Like, now everyone so, can. Just- they'll have some other kind of widget that you can put on your computer, your nav computer to block. And, you know. So, there, so also in the books, they, they figure out a way to stop that from happening. Okay. You, there's a, there's a, you know, thing on the center switch. Hit the center switch. Mm-hmm. You know, so okay. Because 
we really, when you guys think, I know we've been rambling for an hour and a half now, but like we haven't even gotten into a lot of things happening. <laughs> what you're saying? There's a lot of stuff, like Finn's confession, for example. Okay. You know, when they're in the sand, that, the sand that he's force sensitive. That he's force sensitive. But I'm saying, but a lot of people thought he was going to say, "I love you," but that was the biggest eye roll of the film. That all of a sudden, Finn's freaking light force sensitive. You know. I I don't know. It works for me. I didn't have a problem with it, and it made sense because at some point he he senses when she dies, and he it. also gets. I feel it. He knows where he knew where to target for the transmitter. How about the fact that he runs into his his first order, you know, brethren? Yeah, yeah. I actually that was kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, like you had other people, and I actually thought that they might be force sensitive because they had the wherewithal to be like, no. We're putting the guns down. Maybe they're just pe- peaceniks. Well, this was yeah. one of those weird things to me too, because like, because like I take things literally. But you know, you see it in the Force Awakens with Hux, you know, saying that you know Finn, you know that they've been trained since birth that my troops are extremely loyal. But then all of a sudden, you see like all these people saying, "No, we were taken. We were kidnapped when we were children," and you know, and then yeah, all of them are force sensitive apparently. See. But I always thought with the Force Awakens that moment when he's in battle and he has the the hand across his his uh, stormtrooper mask that marks him, I on honestly the first time I watched that movie I always thought oh he's awakening with the Force. I actually thought that he was coming to his werewolf all within the Force in that moment, um, and then I was like oh apparently he's not the Force sensitive one because we were led to believe that he was going to be a Jedi with all the marketing, you know, it was like a little, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's, it's going to be Finn, but then surprise it's, it's actually Ray, you know, that was the, the big reveal in that movie. So, but anyway, that, that was just me. Like when I first watched it, I thought, Oh, this is him awakening with the force. So well, since it Chris, worked for me. Yeah, well, since Chris brought up his brethren, you know, like the girl, <laughs> um, Jana. It was one of the weirdest lines delivered in the film, which was Lando's last line of like, well, let's uh, find that out. Yeah, dude. What? Yeah. Like, wh- it, why Why bring him out to be a perv again? Yeah. Like, well, the thing is, need? That's the thing is that it's a, it's a potential spinoff because that's his daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because she was taken from him while Luke and him were looking for like all these things in the Sith homeworld. She was taken mm-hmm. from him while she was two. But that's what I mean. Like it's one of those things that just comes off as creepy if you don't know that, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, okay, well that makes sense." But you're just like, "But he's literally going, well, let's find that out, baby." You know, it's just kind of like, "Okay." I, I didn't, know. I didn't take it as being creepy. I thought it was creepy, but, but I, but I understood what he was referring to and the fact that that they were going to find out that they were related. But again, a lot too too little, too late. I felt like in that that moment, so. Okay. All right. All right. Now let's get to. Uh, I just feel like I'm going down a checklist. You guys are like, come on, Nick, just bring it up. Like, Chris, you're muted again. I'm with it. Let's go. All right. Cool. All right. So the video game plot cringe scenes. Yes, Chris, you're already there with me. All right. So the. <laughs> what? Oh, all of, the sudden, pulling, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, pulling, she can the pull pulling a out of the transport. Transport whose hyperdrive is activated. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, um, first, first one though. <laughs> before we get to that, let's just get to this whole thing. So the first one is they go into the sandpit. That's fine. Cool. It's a little neat thing. They conveniently find the dagger. Why's it gotta be a dagger? Why couldn't it be anything? It's a dagger. There's no. Why does he drive a Mercedes? Yeah, why exactly with a little hood ornament on it? That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> um, 
But then we see a serpent. Oh my God, it's a serpent. That is like straight out of video games. Like, okay, I can heal yeah. it. And then it just opens up the pathway for us to leave. It's like, that's how bad it is. It, it was like, it was like the scene in Goonies where the, uh-huh. when the, 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 the dynamite starts going off and all of a sudden out of nowhere, a hole pops open in the corner of the cave yep. to which, uh, to which, uh, what's his name? Sloth goes and holds up all the rocks so they can get out. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Kathleen Kennedy. Thank you. Yep. Okay, so then we get to Ray just going, I've got something to do. I'm going to go stand out. It's all J.J. Abrams. Oh, J.J., yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, even though it's a cool scene, the TIE fighter coming down, it kind of makes no sense. And he later explains, I had to show that you what you could do. And like, how did you know? You know, but it's a cool scene. I won't knock it too much. But then, exactly, now get back to, you know, Chewbacca's capture. And the force pull of the transport, the CGI is so bad, it is just it's a straight out of video game. Not only is it straight out of video game, it's straight out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's 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 um what's her name being captured by the Nazis into the truck, it blows up, and then Harrison Ford freaks out because he thinks he killed her, and you're like, Oh my god, it's that. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry, I'm sorry. I just had a, a- I just thought of something. I just Googled it, and I'm not the first person to think this. Um, I, I just kind of came off the, the whole Goonies trip there for a second. Um, there's another Goonies reference in this movie. Yeah. Did you not realize that with the dagger? The dagger. The dagger. Yeah. It's the, that's the first thing when I saw. I was like, oh, my Go- God. They're doing Goonies now? The thing is, with yeah. Goonies, at least it made sense because they have a map, and they know they have to be near the restaurant, and then the, you know they can line up the coin, uh, the, the bloom, with the landscape. Someone apparently who wasn't Palpatine makes a dagger of a destroyed Death Star looking for a Sith holocron where there's only one Sith in the entire world, which is Palpatine, to bring this up. And then a Death Star being on a freaking planet, she happens to be standing in the right location where (laughs) this lines up. That's how corny that is. Yes. Can you guys see my screen? No. Um. Here, we'll we'll add it. Yeah. See? That's what that is. <laughs> and then after all of that, after all of that, after having two MacGuffins, the dagger and the Sith Wayfinder, it's just like, oh, we'll use the one that's in Kylo's ship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, I burned it. Oh, here it is. Oh, oh yeah, it's there. It's there. It's cool. All right. Okay, what else you got? I mean, I thought we were going to get two podcasts in tonight. You're you're already like pushing the boundaries of space and time here. I feel like I need a wayfinder to find my notes here. So apparently they just gave Poe Han's backstory because it just made made sense. Like, oh, he's a spice runner. Okay. And then the whole love story that was just weird. Like, I want to blow your head off. And now I want you to to run away with me. And I love story. I I love her. It was so bad. I think think she's a cool character. But it was unnecessary. It was was completely unnecessary. And then at the end, with him trying to get lucky, like, what's up? Maybe let's go. Let's go. I'm I'm pretty pretty sure they they put it in there so that he could have like a happy moment um, during the final battle. Yeah, probably. Okay, so the half measure here is the fact that they they should have gone the full Finn and Poe. Yeah, like they should just, have. Yeah. just there was a bromance brewing there. I think 
I think we're progressive enough. Yeah. Just do it. Just yeah, you even see that at the end there, like Finn's just like hanging out by himself. Or else is all party and stuff, and he's just like that yeah. sad guy just hanging out by himself. No, I just I think Finn and Poe should have ended up together. Like, just do it. Like, yeah, like not? full, full. You know, not the, not the background kiss that gets you know like cut out because Disney can't just stand up for themselves and say, well, you just don't get the movie. There, there was, um, there was a an LGBTQ. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. But I, but it's, but it's just, it's kind of like loose change. They should have mm. gone the full dollar and just said, okay, Finn, Poe you guys are together at the end. So anyway, I mean, the, the, the romance was there. I just feel like they should have gone the, the full distance. So I feel like I've got J hair a la 2006. <laughs> nah, you do. You totally do. All right. I'm trying to get these as quick as I can, Matt. Okay. So now I have a little column here called erasing the last Jedi. And there's some of the things I noticed that they just changed on purpose just to do them. So Luke's force ghost. Ray throws the lightsaber into the fire to get rid of it. Luke catches it and immediately says, a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect. And I felt this was like a really slight at the fact that in the it other wasn't. Film, it was like a double yeah. finger. Finger, yeah, because he just threw it over his shoulder. Like, I don't care about this thing. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, like after clearly disrespecting it, now you have to respect it. I get what you're saying. And I understand all of the fans. And I've read the, the articles that point out all of these things. However, I don't take it as such. I never took that as a complete like F you to the last Jedi. This is Luke's story arc. As far as like the fact that at the very beginning, he has completely rejected everything. Yeah. And at the end, he accepts it at the end of the last Jedi, he accepts it. And that is his redemption moment to say like, no, you're not going to do exactly what I did. And, okay. and then, so, so I get it. I get the, the, the fans and what they want to read into it. And maybe that, that is there, but, as just a casual like watching it, I, I don't I don't get that. I don't get the FU to it. I, I understand, I get mm. it, I read it, but I've read all of the different like articles, which after a while I just have to block because they get a, a little annoying because of like yes, I know that Easter egg, I know what this is, I know what that it's like we get it. So I just I get advertised a lot of them on my, my Facebook feed. Oh, okay. All right. Well, well let me it, just, it gets a little redundant to me after a while because I'm no, no, I know you have more and go keep going. Okay. Like, so little things I noticed, like the X-Wing, for example, like uh, in The Last Jedi, you clearly see that Luke's door is a piece of the X-Wing's wing for his mm-hmm. door. But in this one, he just lifts the entire X-Wing up out of the water, completely complete. And it works somehow after being under the water for so many years. That's a little bitty nitpick, but it's just one of those things like, OK, Um now, this was one that I wrote down. I thought was like, was Luke's sacrifice really for nothing? That's the, one of the things that got me while watching this, because you see it in The Last Jedi, Jedi you hear Poe say, you know, this battle at Crate will be the spark that ignites the fire against the First Order. However, in Rise of Skywalker, Poe says, after Crate, we sent out a call for help and no one came. So what happened to the broom boy, which Chris mentioned earlier? Uh, I guess no one cared because they needed Lando and Chewie to rise everyone up, but apparently the death of Luke inspired nothing. And that was one of those just little things. I was like, okay, that's a weird line to throw in there to say nothing happened. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things I pinpointed out. Uh, Let's see here. 
Okay. Never mind. We already talked about that one. Okay. And the last one was the, the holdover maneuver. So it was one of those controversial things in The Last Jedi, even though it was a cool scene when you see Laura Dern's character fly her ship through, you know, Snoke's uh, commander, you know, but they make a point of saying that was a one in a million move because I mean, a lot of people thought that was kind of silly and that like, oh, if you can just fly ships through other ships, why haven't you been doing that forever? But then we also see that it may have also been performed within the, the movie itself. So above the skies of the original Forest Moon of Endor, one of the ships that has exploded um, that Wicket is like, hey, son, look at that. You know, and we see up in the sky. It mm. looks as though that that ship has been broken apart by the same Haldo maneuver. So mm. upon upon further watch, check that out. That ship doesn't come crashing down, but it's it's kind of broken apart in the sky in a, in a similar. So we'll do just good, good tidbit there. Um, OK, we already talked about this a little bit. I want to bring it up though again, though, like. I thought Han's memory, you know, cameo was really neat in the fact that it's because it is a memory. I mean, they make a point of that, that it actually is almost beat for beat, line for line, the same as it was in The Force Awakens, but with different lines from uh, Kylo Ren. I, I thought that was just really neat. You know, it was like, you know, I, I, I know what I need to do, but I'm not sure if I have the strength, to, you know, to do it. And then, you know, it's like, you know, and instead of stabbing him, you know, he just throws away the lightsaber. I was like, that's because that's almost like a regret. Like I should have done this the first time. I just thought that was really a, a brilliant thing. No, it's powerful. And, and the one other aspect of it that I love is that Han uses his famous, I know line. Yeah. Right. In relationship to his son, basically saying, I love you, which he doesn't. They did. They did but, that really nicely. I yeah. have to say, I actually enjoyed it. And now, you know, comment to the, that family for a second. Um, they did a really good, good job with Leia and the, you know, the recycled um, content, really like all of those shots with the exception of the, of the, the flashback were all just reused footage. Um, but yeah. they did a nice, they did it. I think they did a really respectable and it wasn't force fed. Maybe, a, maybe a little bit here and there, but it wasn't too force fed, um, which I thought was pretty good. And they could have really, F that up pretty good, but I don't think they did. I think they actually handled it very nicely. Um, something we kind of just very briefly talked about was after this scene, you know, when you have Poe going, you know, I can't do it alone, and then you have Lando's second cameo, or you know, you know, bang, like, you know, neither did we, you know, it's, it's the exact same thing as Luke's saying, you know, after Yoda dies, saying, like, what do oh, I do yeah. now? And then everyone showing up saying, you know, uh, what he what he does and then it switches over to to uh to ray and luke which continues that same kind of conversation with obi-wan and luke and that obi-wan expressed you know i thought i could train anakin as well as yoda he's regret you know he's expressing his regrets as his failures as a jedi master the same way luke is now saying i was wrong i have regrets um but i also felt this was a really missed opportunity um, cause I wanted more from Luke. I mean, it shouldn't, you know, it's no different than Obi-Wan, but like, I felt that here you could have had a, a, a few, just a few lines about the importance of how a balance in the force, you know, or, um, his mistakes he made or the duties of a Jedi, because, you know, to our experience, or at least my experience from looking at Ray, she still is a, a rookie. You know, she doesn't know a lot other than reading the books uh, that she's found. But um, she's also been trained by two Jedi now, by both Luke and Leia, because she refers to Leia as her master. That's true. And, 
And again, this is the point that, that I've made on other podcasts is that the one missed opportunity, if, if Disney wants synergy with their Lucasfilm, give us Ray and Leia doing force stuff together. Like yeah. tons of comics, tons of books that you could have actually focused on that. That is mm -hmm. one of the things with uh, resistance reborn that I felt is lacking is just give me more Leia and, and Ray doing stuff together, you know, but like, you and, so, I mean, I'd be all on board for that, but that's one of those moments where you, Luke kind of did touch on in that flashback that you never felt, at least I didn't feel that Leia ever really fully embraced the Jedi lifestyle. Like she was completely trained by Luke, but she kind of, you know, so was she the most qualified? I mean, she probably was the most qualified. She's the only living person to train her at that point, but I just, I mean, you know, I, again, I, 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 I could answer those things though. Right. One of the things that we were going to get more of with, with Carrie Fisher in this movie was her being a Jedi. Mm -hmm. So, so that is one of the things that we missed out on is, is seeing Leia as a Jedi master. And I think that that would have been really cool amongst all of the other things that we, we've also talked about could have happened with this movie. Well, this is one of those where uh, saying like where I felt it was a missed opportunity. Like we needed some establishment with Anakin here like something to bring it full circle to make this trilogy fit with the other six. And I think it would have been welcome to have a force and not just force ghost Luke, but have a force ghost Anakin, at least here to be like, I brought balance. Now you need to bring balance or at least explain, you know, them from the netherworld saying like, this is what the force is about. And this is why Palpatine needs to be defeated. This is why, Kylo may have been maybe have been a lost cause or like what happened. There, like there was so many so much opportunity to do that too, right? Yeah. Because you know how many how many cut scenes did we have a close up on the goddamn Vader helmet? Like, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. You, you could have just easily, easily. You wouldn't mm -hmm. have to have a Force ghost. You just need to have him hear hear the voice. Yeah, you you could have had Hayden Christensen come in and do an ADR voice, you know, projection ghost or whatever the hell you want to call it talking to kylo right complimenting essentially what his dad and i'm saying or setting him up for what his dad says like you could have done that easily i don't want to hate on this movie i don't no, want to hate I, on it I, i'm I, sorry I, i'm sorry if i'm bringing it down i'm not no 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 to. you're not it's justified like i i it's, I, I mean i granted i there are a lot of things that i like about this movie Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, I, and it's probably more one to one to two as far as like the two that, that hate it more than than myself. And I would say that that as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the people that I just are casual Star Wars watchers enjoyed this movie. There were people that I was shocked by, like, oh, they loved it, you know, as opposed to other fans that I know that that didn't or reacted a certain way. So I I think this is a mixed bag, and and even with. Yeah. The internet. There is a mixed people of that loved it, and other people that that felt completely robbed by it. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm getting through these. I'm just about done. Um, so one of the well, things, one true. of the thing, one of the things I felt was really forced that I didn't like. I mean, it works, but it kind of felt weird to me too. Was the whole Palpatine needed to be sacrificed thing. Um, because I, I, you know, we've always known the rule of two, rule, the rule of two, you know, that you have a master and an apprentice and the apprentice craves the power of the master and eventually they do kill them, but that's just so they can become the master. But the way that Palpatine was saying it was that all the Sith live in him 
and by killing him, all of them will then reside within Ray or Ben or whichever one he wanted at the time. Um, this kind of felt odd to me because it's like, well, if that's true and he killed Plagueis, then why couldn't he, you know, create life? Why couldn't he repair himself? Why couldn't he do so many things? And so to me, it was just one of those plot holes where I was like, I'm not sure if I like that. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Let's get to the voices, which I thought was neat. Um, I would have liked. I would have liked it more. Had it been more like, well, all the Sith live in me. Well, guess what? All the Force ghosts show up. You know that would have been cool. But instead, we get a, a, a thing of you know, be with me. You know, and then all of the Jedi that we've known in movies speak to her, and even some from the cartoons. And probably the most controversial one was Ahsoka. Actually, that's not the most controversial one, but like you know, because Ahsoka actually spoke to her too. So like mm-hmm. some people were upset. There's like, oh, so Ahsoka's dead. You know, because we haven't seen this on screen. So death yet. Officially, right. officially, Filoni has has said, "Don't, don't." Or he he did something. He did a drawing that he released, and it had uh, an image of Gandalf talking to Ahsoka. And I think Gandalf says to Ahsoka, "A lot of people thought I was dead too." Hmm. It was basically that was like his little nod to the fans, like, "Look, yeah, Ahsoka's not dead." So. So take of it what you will in that moment. I understand, you know, like maybe seeing some of these Jedi as Force ghosts. I'm kind of, I'm okay with the fact that we just got the voices coming to her and not like actual, like, like Force ghosts in that moment. But that's. Well, I mean, the, the one clear line that you can hear is Anakin saying, bring balance to the Force as I did. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those where. I felt, you know, we needed more than just that because it's like, we mm-hmm. still have not gotten an explanation of like, did he bring balance or did he not bring balance? And, you know, I can understand if this was like hundreds of years later where like you've had another thing, but he, this is only 30 years later. So you just had a temporary fix on it, Anakin. I don't get, that's not really a chosen one kind of thing. Um, anyway. Um, okay. So let's get skip to the end. So I like the return to Tatooine. Um, I thought that was a nice little, homage kind of thing. Um, although that was another thing I felt was weird and a missed opportunity of Luke, you know, at some point in last Jedi or in this one, you know, he could have explained his mistakes, you know, like he could have easily just said, uh, cause she, you know, she doesn't know where Luke's from Tatooine or where his house was. So like, how did she find it? Um, we, we also know some time has taken place because as she gets out of red five, she is completely bloodied, you know, and, hmm. and, and you know, kind of, uh, she has the marks of a battle basically. As she shows up on Tatooine, she is completely healed. So, okay. uh, yeah, so right. that you know, there's and she's, and she's had time to craft her new lightsaber as well out of, her, out of her staff, which is neat. Yeah. yeah. How how can you not be happy that we we end the movie basically? at the barbecue? No, no, I was happy. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I liked even like the little things they did, like her sliding down the sand in the sled, mm-hmm. which is you know a thing to the first film. I thought that was neat. Um, and seeing Luke and, and, and Leia together. Yeah. And then I, I mean, some people were even upset that she said, you know, what's your last name? And she says Skywalker. I thought that was fine. Cause like, she probably thought Luke and Leia as her parents. And that's, yeah. that's perfectly fine with me. I know some people were upset. She's not even Skywalker. I was like, but who cares? We the knew, we knew Leia Organa as or- Organa forever. Right? right. True. Like, and that's not her parents. So, you know, get off of the old adoption kick. So, 
right. Um, yeah, I guess I can end it there so we can stop. But um, but yeah, I mean, I have little things, but I can just bring up on some other podcasts. But, but uh, on future podcasts, when when Nick uh, has his notes back out, we will we will dive back into this. Yeah. So maybe we can all say that the rise of Skywalker isn't fully risen. So it's like kind of it's like, half staff. It's a half moon. Yeah. Uh, like um, I said, like, like I said, like I said that from again, it's a mixed bag. Like there's things I like about it, there's things I don't. Um, but like I said, I think with Chris and I, and even you a little bit, we, in the first half to me was the most entertaining, the best paced. Um, but uh, I mean, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't ever tell someone don't watch it. So. Um, there it is. All right. I I mean I feel like we could talk more about this, but I I was gonna try to keep this in. I was hoping for an hour and a half, but Nick was hoping for two hours. I was hoping for two. I've only got a page and a half, Mandalorian. Chris so it was, was really good for for one. So anyway, um, for all of your force uh, needs, you can go to uh, Amazon.com/slash Jack. Help us out. All all the proceeds go to help all the podcasters on the Jan Jack Network. Um, you can just go to janjack.com, uh, find everything there if you need to. Um, but there's a few patrons that make this show possible. And as much as I would like to ramble on and on, uh, we will have some other podcasts that will talk more Star Wars in the future. Um, and I know there are also future Star Wars endeavors on, on the horizon that we've, we've all kind of been excited about. Such <laughs> The rumor of a of a possible Rebels sequel cartoon, right? I mean, we yeah. we were talking about that. Yes, my I mean, kids were ecstatic when, when yeah. I, uh, little little Soka and Sabine looking for uh, Ezra. <sighs> hey, hey, hey! I've got a newbie here. You oh, know? That's right. I forget. Sorry, Chris. All right. So at this point, I'm going to thank a few patrons that make this show show possible. I tried to come up with, uh, you know, this uh sequel trilogy related um, name for you. We have uh, Tack from Tacodana, Exegol Eckhart, Ed the Emperor Post Carrier, Mustafar Maggie, The Last Joanne with the Plan, and R- The Rise of the Drake. Thank you for doing what you do. You make this show possible. And just like the Hald- Haldo maneuver, this was one in a million. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, guys. May the force be with you. Rise.